this boner here? Oh, is this is this a, is this a boner? Yeah, this, this for? boner that's on us. A boner on us. Welcome <laughs> to this romance boner on us. I'm Morgan and I'm Isabel, and this boner is all about your girl Jane. Just like Cher, she only requires one name in this genre we call romance. We think you know who we're talking about, and if you don't, but in case you don't, it is Jane Austen. Yep. <laughs> what other Jane did you think? What other Jane could they think? Jane Lynch? Not big in the romance community, but people do like Glee. There might be some crossover there. I'm sure there is. First season of Glee. So good. Oh my god. Second season of Glee. Not as good. Not as good. Third every season. Other, every, other se- weird. every other season that came after the first, not as good as the first. I mean, the first one's so good. Anyway, Jane Austen. OG. Oh, original gal who wrote novels. That's right. That's right. <laughs> original gal who wrote romance novels. Jane Austen. As you know, we have a pretty strict moratorium on no Austin on this show. We do. And we've had good reason to do it because the way in which romance has shifted so distinctly from 1814 um, and then in the 1920s and then again in the 1970s and to our current moment, like we got a lot of nods to the old Jane, but like... Yeah, what are we going to say that hasn't already been said before? Yeah. We're good, but are we that good? No. But also like, what does Jane Austen have to say about like the current romance that we're reading. You know what I mean? She casts a long shadow, but like just a shadow. Just shadows. Future Island song featuring Debbie Harry. Oh, thank you. Let's get the rights to that. Play the entire song right in the middle here. So what are we going to do instead? We are taking the entire month of January and turning it into January. Pause for Wherein we talk about adaptations of your girl Jane and Mm -hmm. we talk about her long influence on the genre, but also in our culture in general. Yeah. Each week in January, we are going to tackle a different interpretation of a different Jane Austen canonical text. Which means that we're going to be looking at Pride by E.B. Zaboy, which was also the great romance read. So hopefully you've read it and can read along with us as we look into this text. We'll also be doing A Certain Persuasion, which is an anthology of You're short stories, Keep going. which uh, is doing this thing that's cropping up in a lot of places called Queering the Canon. So A Certain Persuasion is a series of short stories on each of the canonical texts that queers the canon. I'm really very excited to read that one. And then... I love short story anthologies. I do too. I think it's a really nice, it's a nice medium. And then forget everything we said about not talking about a Jane Austen text because we are going to do it. But but we need your help. Morgan and I don't want to choose between the canonical texts. Have you heard Isabeau try to choose something? (laughs) And then I'm the bad guy. You're not the bad guy. So we're not doing this. We're putting it up to you. We're tired of it. So, Twitter poll goes up this minute. Don't hold us to that one. <laughs> the Twitter poll will be up at some point. You can choose Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Persuasion, Emma, Northanger Emmy, or Mansfield Park. Now, a couple things you should know. Emma is the longest. Persuasion is Isabeau's favorite. Mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice is the most tired. <laughs> 
by some accounts. Northanger Abbey is the redheaded stepchild of the canon. So maybe we should investigate that. Mansfield Park, the movie adaptation, has that lady in front of the yellow wearing a red dress with her hands folded neatly in front of her. It does. It also takes it. some liberties with the text. I haven't seen it, so I, how would I know? Mm-hmm. Sense and sensibility. Mm. Come on. But we also want to keep things spicy. So this is not the only January boner on us. Because we're going to talk about Emma through the lens of Clueless. The timeless classic that brought us the immortal Paul Rudd. Yes. He was born unto this world to play stepbrother Josh in all of our hearts. <laughs> Making us all wish we had stepbrothers named Josh. I don't know if you do this, but every time I see Paul Rudd in any role, I imagine that he's my sexy stepbrother Josh. My sexy stepbrother Josh found a magic suit that makes him tiny. My sexy stepbrother Josh is in a loveless marriage while his really crazy friend has just knocked someone up. My sexy stepbrother Josh, who I definitely want to snuggle, finds out that his marriage isn't so loveless and gets into a biking accident and accidentally knocks up his wife again. My sexy stepbrother Josh is friends with Jason Siegel. Yeah, that's pretty much most of them. My sexy stepbrother Josh is a hitman in future time with a handlebar mustache. It's a Netflix original movie. I think Alexander Skarsgård is in it. And guess what? Sexy stepbrother Josh holds his own against that. I mean, it was like, it's weird because Alexander Skarsgård is Peter Skarsgård's son. Stellan Skarsgård is his dad. He's Stellan Skarsgård's son. And like Mm -hmm. you see his like brothers who are also in the biz. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how did this guy basically become like the blonde haired, blue eyed test tube baby of like hot just like objectively especially from Stellan Skarsgård Stellan Skarsgård is a sexy man he's got big dick energy for sure he has a lot of BDE yeah but like I gotta be honest I don't think it's energy I think maybe he just has a big in yeah like and it's swinging around Stellan Skarsgård is just slinging hog I think I think that's right because like if you super fertile he has a lot of kids he has seven children that's objectively too many. But the thing that I want to say about Stellan Skarsgård's face is that it kind (laughs) of reminds me of like warmed up eggs. Where it's like... (laughs) What do you mean warmed up egg? Where it's like, like you know, where it's like maybe you have like too much of an omelet and you put it in the refrigerator and you warm it up like the next day to eat it because like mm. you're not going to like go to waste. But it doesn't quite taste Just as eat good. it cold. And then it kind of gets kind of rubbery. Yeah. And like, it's not okay. that it doesn't taste good. It's also that it just like... Texturally. There's something about it that just makes you want to go... <laughs> ever so slightly but it's like it's still fine and it does its job it's fine it does its job but Stellan Skarsgård's face makes Isabel want to throw up a little in her mouth just a little bit because it's like melted weird eggs is how I think of it but his energy is so charismatic on screen the chemistry with his co-stars and it like doesn't matter who his co-stars are he has insane chemistry with all of them yeah and I'm like I am so charmed by you and terrified of you because have you seen that in Omnia, but the Swedish version, mm-hmm. the original, yeah, the OG <laughs> original. Gonna catch a murderer, but I can't sleep. And so maybe I'm the murderer. That yeah. movie is so scary. 
<laughs> he's so scary in it. But his like swinging dick is just like, whoa. The logs in that movie are like, look out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, anyway, crushed by that thing. So it's weird to me that he produced such objectively beautiful children. I mean, just the one. The others are kind of like weird, beautiful. Sure, I'll give you that. They're yeah. weird, beautiful. But they're still beautiful. Yeah. His wife, the mother of those children of which we speak. I've never seen her. Do you want to see a picture of her? Maybe that'll explain it, clarify it. If anything, it just confuses it more. Hey, real quick, right after you vote on which Jane Austen novel you want us to talk about, maybe go ahead and explain Alexander Skarsgård. If you could show your work on that math problem. <laughs> and he also seems nice. He's so kind in and interviews. And he's a snappy dresser. Such a snappy dresser. Well, I guess we've exhausted all of our points <laughs> we can make about Alexander Skarsgård. Anyway, important things to remember. January is coming up. And the thing we need you to do mm-hmm. is vote for which book Morgan and Isabel are just going to dive into. Nose first. Nose first. Get right in it. I motorboated. <laughs> Isabel, is there a book on that list that you're like, absolutely not? Do not want. Emma. Why don't you want Emma? It's the longest. Mm-hmm. And I personally... Emma's faux pas are so fun and clueless and so awful in the book. <laughs> like you can say in literature circles like oh uh, Blueberry Hill and like everybody will immediately pick up the Mr. Knightley set down of bad form and I'm like that moment in the book is just fucking traumatic. <laughs> bad form Emma. Badly done. And I'm like oh god Mr. Knightley that's so fun. Those are my feelings on Emma. I find her lack of compassion and like lack of self-awareness really hard to read. It is. It's fun and clueless. <laughs> it is. You're like, like <laughs> she doesn't get it. I think there's something about like being like wealthy 16 year old girl in our modern context that you're like great yeah <laughs> checks out whereas a 19 year old girl is- or like any 16 year old girl yeah. any 16 year old in any context is a sociopath yeah it's like you're a toddler and you're a sociopath mm-hmm. you start becoming a cool person and, and you then take a hard left, left turn, turn when your hormones kick in in a way that you just can't control yeah I get it I get it it's fine so- Emma is the only one I want to do so that's the winner I'm just kidding. I also like wouldn't be psyched for Pride and Prejudice, but like, again, I think like doing it with you, Morgan, would be a treat. So Thank you. any of them. I'm, I'm sure we'll find stuff about Northanger Abbey. I have read it. A musical version of Northanger Abbey. That was very good. Sing it's- a song. Sing a couple bars. No. Here we are in the <laughs> Abbey of Northanger. You might actually like Northanger Abbey because it deals with Gothic romanticism. Dealing with this question of Gothic romanticism. What's going on with the house it's pretty old I guess we should try to fix it up or should we just let it die and then the hero is like maybe you should stop reading novels since you think my house is haunted and she's like don't tell me what to fucking read and also it is haunted <laughs> yeah. that does sound like a book I would relate to I think it is excuse maybe. me sir <laughs> tell that to the cold spot I went through <laughs> I'm gonna be like yeah that's the water closet <laughs> That's a bathroom. <laughs> it wasn't in 1814. If anyone tries to tell me that a ghost isn't real, that convinces me that they're on the side of the ghosts. That and they're sense. trying to cover for something. That seems right. Get off the ghost team. Get on the mortal team. Get back on your own side. You traitor. Stick with your own kind. <laughs> Stick with your own kind. The human ghost war is a quiet, cold, spot war. <laughs> 
<laughs> we cannot afford flippers. None y'all Benedict Arnold's. Listen, if there are any ghosts listening who want to come over to the mortal side, we encourage and would welcome you. I don't know what we do with we your powers. We leave out glasses of water for you. To we tip only over? We put out the weird, I don't know, I've heard ghosts like glasses of water. I thought, okay. It I, keeps I, them happy. Like in the Beverly Hills Hotel, sometimes they just leave out little coupe glasses of water. I do love coupe glasses. I'm not going to put coupe glasses out with water, though. You're going to attract a... Angry ghost. Put out little Looney Tunes commemorative cups of water and you'll <laughs> attract a different level of ghost. You know what I mean? Good point. I would like a more salt of the earth ghost. So I just... Leave whiskey tumblers around your house. <laughs> so I've just refilled this McDonald's plastic cup <laughs> repeatedly with water. <laughs> this Taco Bell cantina cup. January. January. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be okay. It's going to be more than you can take. It's going to be good form. It's going to be love. Picture us. We've just walked through the rain. I don't give a shit if this part didn't happen in the book. Oh, me neither. I hate it whenever people quibble about the best part of the Pride and Prejudice movie. Uh, Because it's when he's in the rain. And especially when he looks away and he goes, it wasn't just that. Like you can tell that he understands that he has dug a hole. He doesn't know how to get out of it. And all he wants to do is take her face in his hands and kiss her. Oh, I love watching that play again. I love that. I love that. Anyway. Vote. Vote. You can't complain if you don't vote. That's true. Which one do you want to hear us talk about the most? Which one do you think would make us happiest? Which one do you think would make us suffer? Whatever your tipple single issue is. <laughs> Let us know. We can't wait. We can't wait to discuss all these books with you. It's going to be interesting. Maybe. (laughs) Definitely. I don't want to fully commit. I'm committing. Maybe we change the world. Maybe January is the month we've been waiting for.